0: الحمد لله وكفاه وسلام على عباده الذي اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فسبح باسم ربك العظيم صدق الله العظيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد الله رب العالمين Allahumma <laughs> salli ala Muhammadi Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayidina Muhammadin wa ala ali sayidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim Allah salli ala sayidina waala ali sayidina Muhammadin wa sallim So we left off uh what did we leave off on Halim last time we did right Uh Imam Ghazali he then goes into Azim Azim is there isn't uh, it's not a long section. Um, and sort of some of the themes of it we've covered before. So we'll go through that a little bit quicker. So azim means the tremendous. So like when we are in sujood, or when we're in ruku, uh, and we say subhanallah rabbi al-azim. Right? So this is that azim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, He says in Surah Al-Waqiyah, He says, bismi That glorify, Allah glorify your Rabb by the name of by the magnanimous, the great, tremendous name of your Rabb, of your Lord. So Ali means the tremendous. Now what is what does this mean in reality? Imam Ghazali he says that <clears throat> it means greatness or tremendous magnanimity. And this means that type of supremacy that cannot be comprehended. So such greatness that it cannot be comprehended. An example that's given is that when we, when the eye looks out at the skies, we can't comprehend the full sky, right? There's no end to it. It's beyond our uh, being able to realize the entire sky with our eyes. So similarly, this is the state of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is in regards to the intellect. So just as our eyes cannot comprehend the skies, our intellect cannot comprehend Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he says typically when we say a thing is azeem, then it's in comparison to another thing. So it's in relation to something that is lesser than it. So therefore, Rasulullah wasallam, when uh, he sent a letter to Heraclius, who was the emperor of Rome at the time, inviting him to Islam, then Rasulullah wasallam addressed him as the azeem of Rome. So the tremendous figure, the great figure of Rome, meaning that you are that figure of Rome that there's nobody to your level. There's nobody that's equal to you in rank in your within your empire. And then he goes in and says, well, what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If we say that this is greatness in comparison to other things, so is there any comparison with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the reality is that there is not, right? And so if you look at all the different creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those different creations in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are in reality all the same. So he lists off that you can look at the throne of Allah the heavens that he's created, the earth and the different planets he's created. You can look at a spider's web. You can look at all the million different generations of, of insan that he's created. You can look at the smallest ant. All of that in comparison to Allah is the same. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, li idha Aradnahu, an kun fayakun." That uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when we intend... A thing, when we intend to bring a certain thing into existence, we simply say to it, kun fayakun. We say kun be and then it is. So that is the reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have to meticulously plan and whatnot. Everything else is in reality to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same level. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously He raises certain things above certain uh, of His creation above others. So amongst His creation, Rasulullah is the greatest of creation, right? Then some of the ulama discussing Adim, they say, how do we understand Alvim? That we can understand the greatness of Allah, or rather we can try to understand the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by looking at the most humblest of his creation and seeing how complex it is. So what example is given? You guys have any ideas? Such a humble creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something that we overlook. Huh? A fly. A fly is a good one, yeah. We always overlook a fly, right? The elephant? No, not the elephant. Um, A blade of grass, let me see. So a blade of grass, this one creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something we give no consideration to it, but look at what this blade of grass is able to achieve. It has all these different cells that make it up. Those cells, they pulsate, they take in the, they, they transform the earth, right? So you have streets, you have barren land, the grass comes out, it transforms the earth. It takes in water and air and it turns the light, the very light of the sun, it turns into life and color. So water we can understand, air we can, even air, right? We don't even realize our, the air that's around us. But grass, trees, all of these things, what do they do? They, they change the air from carbon monoxide to oxygen, right? They take the, life or the, the light of the sun and turn it into life. They bring colors, they provide sustenance for all the different creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is in one blade of grass. That there's an entire factory running within this blade. Every single blade of grass. It's full of mysteries that we have even yet to uncover. That botanists and people who study these things are. I mean, they're in awe of these things, right? Not that they can't understand it, but when they really study what these leaves, these grass uh, blades of grass are able to accomplish, they're left in awe of it. It's an amazing creation, right? Yet it's the most humble blade of grass. Like it's such. It's a humble blade of grass. So. What about more complex creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, that in such a small thing that we deem insignificant to us, we don't even give a second thought to it. So much is going on, so much is involved with this one single thing. And so what about all the rest of creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Like imagine our bodies so complex. And we can't I, I'm sure I'm sure nobody claims to have understood all the mysteries of the body, even, right? The brain, what do we say? We use like less than 10% of our brain or something we're using, right? So that's, in a nutshell, that's what he says is alim, the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he gives this example of the blade of grass to help us realize that we really cannot understand, comprehend Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his greatness. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Waqiyah that, bismi Rabbi رَبِّكَ الْعَظِيمُ That glorify with the name, with the great, the tremendous name of your Lord. Any questions about that? It's pretty straightforward. Then, so we, the next name is Ghafoor, but we've done that. We did that before when we did Ghafar, when we combined it together. Uh, after that a Ash-Shakur. So <clears throat> first of all, a shakur is, in sim- to simply put, it's the grateful one. Right? The one who is appreciative, the one who is grateful. Now when we think about the concept of Shukr, what does it mean? It means to be grateful, appreciative, to give thanks. And it's similar to hamd. But hamd is not to give thanks, hamd is praise. It's more directly correlated to praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we say alhamdulillah, we're saying all praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shukr, giving shukr to Allah is also a form of praise. However, there's a difference between these two. So if we say that, what, if we give an example of what is shukr and hamd, compared? To, uh, if we offer it to an individual, then we'd say that shukr could be achieved by simply shaking somebody's hand after they've done something for us. And hamd is by being grateful, showing our, our gratitude by doing something more than that. So hamd is more specific, it's more, uh, there's more to it, right? And in the, in the type of praise that, hamd, that comes with hamd is greater than shukr. <clears throat> the word shukr in Arabic was typically used for land that is... Plentiful. Its vegetation is plentiful. So you have a piece of land and you have vegetation growing, but there's a lot more vegetation that grows than you expected. It's also used for animals that eat and are fatter than the amount they eat. So they have a certain amount of feed, but they grow to be larger than they should have with that amount of food. Also, it's used to describe a plant that is sustained by a very very minute amount of water. So all this sustenance takes place with just minimal amount of water. So what's the underlying factor in all of these things? All three of these examples, what is it? Right, that you're getting more than you are putting out. You're you what you're receiving is more than you're giving out, right? So how does this relate to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala? That Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, he is more appreciative of us doing our actions than we are deserving of. Meaning, when we obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then His, great, His gratitude towards us for that is more than we are deserving of. So what does that mean? Now what is Allah's gratitude to us? Does He say thank you? No. It's that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards us. He grants us more bounties and mercy. Um, <clears throat> so what happens, you know, the, Rasulullah has said that uh, Anytime you do a good deed, then you are given 10 times its like. And in some verses of Quran it's mentioned, right, or certain narrations it's mentioned up to 700 times, or even more than that. So you do one action, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies it and multiplies it, and in reality there's no end to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reward that He gives. So the verse of Quran that's used is uh, from Surah Haqqa, Aslaf Tum Fil Al Khaliya." That eat and drink, For that which, for eat and drink plentifully for the days that have passed. Meaning what? This relates to Jannah. That whatever little good we might have done in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us an eternity of reward for that. So we do a little bit and He gives us a great amount in return. However, the gratefulness, the gratitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is metaphorical. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't need to give, because why is it metaphorical? Because you give gratitude to an individual or to a thing after having received a favor from them. But we don't do any favors for Allah, right? We'll come back to this concept, inshallah. Now, the the ulama mentioned that there's three types of expression for gratitude. Number one, with the heart, and that is inwardly, which is to realize the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. So to appreciate the blessings that He has given us. The second type of expression is by the tongue. So we verbalize our gratitude. How? By thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by praising the one who granted it to us. Okay, so number one was the heart, number two was the tongue, by praising the one who granted it, and number three is by the senses. And this is to appreciate a blessing as it deserves. Now when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can't really appreciate the blessings that He has given us to the amount that He deserves. Furthermore, there was Imam Qushayri he was a great Shafi jurist. Uh, he he wrote that there's five foundations of thanks. Five foundation, five foundations for giving gratitude. So we discussed three types of expression, but then he gives us five foundations of, of giving thanks. He says number one is to submit to Allah. So how do we show our thanks? What is the foundation, the basis of our giving thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Meaning, how should we give our thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Number one is to submit to Him. Number two is to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three is to admit the blessings of Allah. So recognize that these are blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And that it's not from our own accord. It's not through our own accomplishment. But that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us to accomplish it. Then we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the enjoyment of the blessings. So when He's given you a blessing, enjoy it. Right? You know, we always hear in Islam about, you know, doing away with the dunya, divorcing ourselves from the dunya. And, we, you know, what that means is to not be attached to it. But it doesn't mean to not use it. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with something, He's blessed you with wealth, then use your wealth. It doesn't mean to waste your wealth. It doesn't mean to waste your wealth. It doesn't mean to waste your wealth. Um, And it doesn't mean to spend it in ways that you shouldn't be spending it, right? What it means is if if Allah Ta'ala has given you wealth, then we should um, be thankful for it and we shouldn't be so attached to it that by the loss of that wealth, we become unthankful to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And the last last foundation is to not use it in any way He disapproves of. So any blessing He's given us, what are some of the blessings He's given us? With our senses, right? The eyes, the ears, the tongue, the feet, the hands, all of these different things. We shouldn't use them in ways that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we mentioned before, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being a shakur. He is, it means what we understand from it is that he is appreciative, right? He is grateful but as we mentioned it's it has to be understood metaphorically because like we mentioned that allah ta'ala is not we are not doing any favors for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by uh, by thanking him or by obeying him so it doesn't really make a difference to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether we do it or not right so it has to be understood metaphorically because none can do allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a favor so the gratitude that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows is by rewarding the doers of good now Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has said in the Quran, "Fadkuruni, adkurukum, waskuruli, wallataqfurun." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has said, "Remember me, fadkuruni. Remember me, adkurukum. I will remember you, and be thankful to me, be grateful to me, wala and do not be ungrateful to me. Do not be ungrateful to me." So, what did we mention before? We compared shukr and hamd. That shukr is a type of Praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this verse Allah Ta-A'la mentions, Fakuruni, What? Make dhikr of me. So making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what? By using His names, by praising Him. When we say Alhamdulillah, this is a type of dhikr, and it's a type of praise also. By calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by any one of His names, because all of His names are praises of Him. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Remember me and I will remember you. Meaning if we choose not to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is showing ingratitude. Because he ends the verse with وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ So if we remember Him, Allah will remember us. We should be thankful to Him and we should not be ungrateful. So choosing not to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by engaging in those actions that would displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, uh, that He disapproves of, uh, disapproves of these are methods of being ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now it is reported in a hadith uh, that's narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu when he says uh, he reports a hadith qudsi of rasulullah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we discussed this before right hadith qudsi is those hadith that rasulullah mentions are from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but they are not part of the revelation of quran so what is the hadith Yaqudullah? ta'ala that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ana inda dhanni abdi bi that i am as my slave thinks of me wa ana ma'ahu Ida karani and I am with him when he remembers me. I am with him, my slave, when he remembers me. fain karani fi nafsihi, if he remembers me by himself, the fi nafsi, I remember him by myself. Wa in fi fi malain, and if he remembers me in a gathering or in a crowd, fi malain khayrin minhum. then I remember him in a greater gathering. And if he comes near me by a handspan, then I come near him by arm span. Wa and if he comes near me by a handspan baan and then I come closer to him by twice that. Wa in yamshi and if he comes to me walking, then I come near him, I come to him running, hastily, speeding. What does all of that mean? The previous ayah, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ وَاشْكُرُوا لِي وَلَا تكفرون, That remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's commanding us to remember Him and be thankful to Him. Then this hadith is given that when my slave remembers me, I remember him. And I remember him in a greater gathering. So, for example, we are sitting here speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All those present, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembering them, remembering us in a greater gathering. Meaning He's mentioning the names of those individuals to the angels. And the beginning of the hadith, "Ana عند بي, That I am as my slave thinks of me. Or I am as my slave expects me to be. So if we have this view of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He's not merciful, that He is wrathful, that He will not forgive me, then don't be surprised if that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with us. This doesn't mean that we go living our life in all the ways that displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we simply say, uh, you know, is merciful and he said that I'm as my slave thinks of me so Allah ta'ala will just forgive me for all my sins Maybe but we're taking a chance right because he's commanded this is playing with Allah then right because he's commanded us To do certain things to stay away from certain things. So This is part of remembering him. This is part of being that slave that is would please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now uh, the ulama mentioned that You can give thanks to the creation of Allah and you can give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do we give thanks to the creation of Allah? Imam Ghazali rahimullah mentions, he says that to thank an individual and compliment them. Give them something greater than what they gave to us. So simply we can thank them, we can compliment them for it, and then we can compensate them with something that is greater. You have a question? Which part? Um, so after that, I am as my slave thinks of me. I am as my slave thinks of me. Uh, and I am with him when he remembers me. So we have to understand from all of this also that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala physically with us? Of course He's not physically with us because He's beyond having a body. He's beyond... This We'll discuss this next week inshallah, when we do Al Ali. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond... We've talked about it a little bit before. He's beyond having a body, right? Anyway, different discussion. You want... the. The rest of it? No, I got it. Okay. <coughs> so anyway, Imam Alzheimer's says, how do we show thanks to the creation? We thank them, we compliment them, try to give them something greater than what they gave us. And at the very least we should make du'a for them. At the very least we should make du'a for them. It's narrated in a hadith by Abu Hurair anhu that he said, an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qal, la man la yashkurun nas, that the one who is not Uh, that person has not thanked Allah who does not thank people. So when somebody does a favor for us, then we should thank them. If we fail to thank the individuals who do us favors, then we have failed to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a blessing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a subtle blessing that He's given us. Given all of insan, all of humankind that He has linked thankfulness to Him, in one instance, thankfulness to Him by thanking individuals. So that means even if a non-Muslim does something good for us, we should thank them, we should be appreciative of them. And this is, imagine the mercy of Allah that by thanking a person who may not even believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is still showing thanks to Allah. Because Allah ta'ala still will bring blessings and favors to us through anybody, right? Through non-Muslims, through Muslims, through inanimate objects, through so many different things, Allah ta'ala brings blessings to us. And so this is a, a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this shows how Allah ta'ala has elevated the level of insan, the level of humankind that he has linked thankfulness to them to thankfulness with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then how can we so one was being thankful to the creation of Allah then being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how are we thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we can never our thankfulness our gratefulness our gratitude to Allah can never be complete it can never be complete because uh, gratitude in and of itself is obedience to Allah so an obedience is another blessing So imagine Allah Ta'ala gives us a blessing. Then we try to thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. He's commanded us to be thankful and grateful to Him. So by us being grateful to Him, we are fulfilling another command of Allah. By fulfilling another command of Allah, we have been given tawfiq to be grateful to Him and fulfill that command of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So then there's another blessing. So anytime you thank Allah is... That act of thanking Him is another blessing that Allah Ta'ala allowed you to undertake. So we're always going to be one behind, at least one behind in thanking Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. So we can never, it can never truly be complete. Uh, sorry, I mentioned Imam Qushari before. It's, Imam Qushari mentions these next things. That our gratitude, why can our gratitude not be perfect? And he says that, number one, showing thanks is conditional upon knowing the merits of that blessing. So in order to truly be grateful to an individual you have to know the merits of that blessing right you have to know how much that thing is how valuable that thing is whereas allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said wa in ta'uddu la tuhsuha inna allaha laghafurur rahim that if you try to count the blessings of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you would never la tuhsuha you would never be able to count the blessings of allah inna allaha laghafurur rahim but Don't despair. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving, most merciful. So He won't hold us to account for the fact that we are not able to count the blessings of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Number two, Imam Qushayri mentions that thanking Him. So this is again, why is our gratitude, why can our gratitude to Allah never be complete and perfect? Number two is that thanking Him is Him allowing us to thank Him. And thus, this is an additional blessing. We mentioned this. And lastly, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gives us without any need. Whereas we thank Allah because our need, because of our need and our benefit to do so, so Allah Taala gives us. He doesn't need to give us. He doesn't need to give us any favors. Bless us. Grant, grant us His mercies. He doesn't need our thanks, our obedience, our ibadah, but we thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala because it's a benefit to us. So, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is giving us is complete sincerity because there's nothing in return that can be given to Him, and He is not in need of anything from us whereas our thanks to him is to be, is due to our self-interests so there's that amount of gratitude complete perfection of gratitude can never take place then a verse of quran is brought from surah ibrahim where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says musa إن so this is the beginning of surah ibrahim allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about reminding uh, uh, reminding uh, Musa reminding Banu Israel reminding his qom his people about the favors of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and to be thankful to Him. So he says that Musa said that in takfuru antum wa, man fil, wa man fil ardi jami'a, that indeed if you are ungrateful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, not only you but if the entire world and all of creation jamiah everything was un- was ungrateful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. For inna hamid that indeed Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is Independent and He is intrinsically praiseworthy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if you don't praise Him, if you turn away from Him completely, if all of creation, all of the world turns away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being hamid, Him being praiseworthy is still there. His praise is not dependent upon us praising Him. right? Whereas ourselves, what happens? If people start degrading us in society, our status amongst people starts falling. Right? So, now, we might still hold our status with Allah, and somebody degrading us, Allah Ta'ala raises our status, but amongst society, our status falls. So our status is somewhat linked to people praising us, right? And that's usually when a person, what happens? A person might be doing all kinds of good, but it goes unnoticed. That individual status, it might rise with Allah, probably rises higher because then it's complete sincerity, right? But when people begin to praise us, that's when our status amongst people starts going up. Right? Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it doesn't matter. You praise him, you don't praise him, you're unthankful to him, you turn away from him, he's still a hamid, he's still the praiseworthy one, ghani, and he's still completely independent of everything. He's in no need of us. Now, shakur and shukr is something that we really have to focus on in our life. So, Earlier in Surah Ibrahim, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, That indeed we sent Musa with our, you can say our signs because Allah granted him some miracles, or with our verses of the Torah, to take your people out from the darkness to the light, meaning from the darkness of disbelief, of ingratitude, to the light of faith and remind them of the days of Allah. Now there's discussion about what are the days of Allah. Generally, in a nutshell, it's when things were tough and it was a difficult situation and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us through it. <speaking> in <Hebrew> Indeed, in that is a sign for every sabbar, every patient and every shakur, every grateful person. <clears throat> Rasulullah has been reported to have said, that Iman is made up of two parts. Half of it is patience, half of it is gratitude. And if we look throughout the Qur'an, oftentimes these two are mentioned together. So in the verse we just recited, sabbar and shakur. Patience, gratitude, mentioned together. Rasulullah said in a hadith, famous hadith that the state of the believer is always good. Why? Because when difficulty comes upon them, they are patient. And when they have some good that comes to them, they are thankful. Again, patience and end. Uh, gratitude coming together uh, Abu Dardar radiAllahu anhu, he reports that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Isa about that he would create a nation after him, after Isa salam, a nation would be created that would be patient and thankful, so again sabr and shukr coming together then there's the probably the most fitting verse for all of this that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ that Remember when your Lord announced he declared la in shakartum la that if you are thankful then indeed I will increase you in, in that thing wa in and if you are ungrateful then my punishment is severe even in this verse it shows the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the, the wording that's used Allah ta'ala says la this first la is emphatic Right, it shows emphasis. أزيدنكم, the fact that that noon has a tashdid on it. This is also, shows emphasis. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't use the same type of word when He's talking about His punishment. He says, Shadid, شَدِيد أَذَابِ He could have said, banna, Right, that would have been on a similar scale. But He doesn't. So the mufassirin they mention that in this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first of all, is saying that if you are thankful to Allah, that is how to increase in that blessing, to be thankful to Allah. So, if you, when you're married, for example, you have a good relationship with your spouse, be thankful for that. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thank them also. It helps build a relationship, and Allah ta'ala will increase that bond and that love between the two individuals. Any other blessing we might have, we have enough wealth, we have our health, ask, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will increase us in it. Right? Uh, <clears throat> then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the fact that He has said and not used the same wording tells us that sometimes when we're ungrateful Allah ta'ala still will not take us to account so when we are thankful He will definitely increase us but when we are unthankful sometimes He'll let it slide sometimes He won't take us to account He will still allow His mercy to envelop us He will not punish us He will not take us to account for those things now what does it mean that there will be increase in the blessing. The increase will either be that we'll have more of it or the permanence of that blessing. That it will be everlasting, longer lasting. And what is the punishment? The, the ingratitude and the punishment? It could be in the form of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking away the blessing. Uh, it could be taken away suddenly. It could be that we fall into unwelcome circumstances, right? Now... Uh, it's okay. Now. It doesn't mean that if a blessing is taken away that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is definitely angry with us. That's not what we should understand. It could be the case. However, most of us, we don't show gratitude until we, we don't appreciate a thing until we lose that thing, right? Once that thing is lost, then we realize what a blessing it was to have it. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He just takes it away, takes the blessing away from us. Maybe we weren't thankful for it. Maybe we were, but He takes it away from us. Then we become more thankful then he'll replace it with something better, or he'll give it back to us. And then he'll raise our status even more. Constantly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for ways to uh, to increase us in maqam. Now, if we look around us and we see, you know, the way shaitan works is that we have so many blessings, but the one thing that's not going great in our life, that's what we end up focusing on. We have to realize that this is the workings of shaitan. That we shouldn't focus on the, the one or two things that we don't that are not going well in our life, even if they're huge things. Sometimes it's a major issue. But truly, as Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke in the truth, and he said that you would never be able to count the blessings, even if you tried. Imagine what blessings there are. Imagine what blessings are around us. And so when we discussed alim, we discussed a blade of grass, right? We don't even understand the blessings that we get from a simple blade of grass. What about our entire body? What about our eye? What about our eye? It's reported that on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, an individual will come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who did a lot of great work, a lot of great deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to the angels, enter him into Jannah because of my mercy. So this individual will say, Ya Allah, I was such an obedient slave of yours. I want to be entered into Jannah because of my actions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Okay, bring the blessings that I gave him of yeah. one eye and weigh it against his deeds. And that blessing of the one eye will be weightier than all of this individual's deeds combined. Allah Ta'ala will say, okay, take him away to Jahannam. Then the person will call out that, Ya Allah, okay, from your mercy. And Allah Ta'ala will stop the angels and say, okay, because of my mercy, take him in. Rasulullah said that no matter what we do, a person will only enter Jannah because of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And so the Sahaba asked him that, Ya Rasulullah, even you, you are going to enter because of Allah's mercy, not because of your deeds, because of your station. He said, no, even me. Even me, I will only enter Jannah because of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes people look at Muslims and they see like, wow, your whole day is filled with ibadah. You're earning your way into Jannah. That's not the case. No matter what we do. And that's why, right, if you look, the last hadith in Sahih Bukhari talks about the weighing of our deeds. And it's mentioned that our deeds will be weighed, not counted, not counted. And unfortunately, we're in this mindset of counting our deeds. So we think, okay, Ramadan is coming. I have, if, you know, my deeds will be increased 10 times, 70 times, 100 times, 700 times. I'll do all of these actions and it's going to stack up. Yeah, it will stack up, but we have to focus on the quality of actions. And the amount of, the amount of multipl- multiplication that takes place on our deeds is by the quality of our actions. Number one being what? Sincerity. Right. That's why we can't always put logic to... We can't always put logic in front of us when looking at the different things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. Not always. Because a few months ago, I was having a discussion with an individual after Jummah. Uh, and, you know, he says to me... I, we're speaking about this, this concept of the, the weighing of our deeds. And I told him that... I think we mentioned this before too, that... You know, a person, uh, for example, riba is something. You know, backbiting is something that is so despicable to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So, to such an extent that to make riba, to backbite about somebody, is worse than fornicating. So, if a person fornicates, and we backbite about that individual, our backbiting about them is worse than the thing that we are backbiting about. Right? It's worse than the action they did. So I mentioned this to this individual. He goes, no, that doesn't make sense to me. I can't accept that. Logically, that doesn't make sense because what's the harm in backbiting, right? It's not as severe as fornication. Whereas, and if you really think about it, it is, backbiting is more severe because if two individuals fornicate, like they're going to, it's between them, right? They're not necessarily bringing harm to an entire society. The possibility is there. It could happen, right? Society would be affected by it. But if you backbite about an individual one time, their entire reputation is destroyed could be destroyed. Their whole life could change because of that, right? And so, we have to start focusing on the quality of our our actions. And when we show thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the quality of our actions goes up, the quality of our deeds goes up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases us, right? Because He's guaranteed it, He's promised it. So we look all around us, how many blessings we might have. We went on a tangent, sorry. But we we look around at us at how many blessings we have. Allah, oh wait, Allah ta'ala says in Surah Rahman, "Fabi ayyi, That which of the favors of your Rabb would you deny? Never could we count it. Billions and billions of favors and blessings have been bestowed upon us. We can't do justice to counting them. We cannot praise Allah subhanahu wa taala enough for it. So, for example, somebody will have a house, and they'll have a nice house, and you'll tell, you ask them, you know, oh, "How's everything? How's your home?" Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's good, but you know, I don't have a basement. How's your how's your car? Yeah, it's nice, but you know, I just I really wish I had the newest one, right? I wish I had that the newest Accord. I wish I had a Mercedes. I wish I had this, I wish I had that. How's your job? Yeah, it's good, but I wish this job was there. That would have been better. I wish this house would have been mine instead. Like these are maybe minor methods, but these are still methods of ingratitude to Allah wa ta'ala That starts weighing down on us. It starts making us pessimistic, you know? So Nowadays, like there's all this, you know, everyone's looking at Muslims all around, it's Islamophobia, we're thinking, man, it's so hard, it's so difficult. Yeah, okay, it's tough, right? First of all, in Seattle, like mashallah, it's not as difficult as other places. But, it might be tough. Let's not focus on the difficulties, focus on the good, right? So, there might be certain individuals that are against us, that truly hate us from like the bottom of their heart, right? And there's some people who think they hate Muslims, but they don't really, they're just scared, they've misunderstood Islam and Muslims. But there's some that really hate us, okay? Fine. But it's really not everybody. It's not even the majority. Not even the majority. Even like you go to the southern states where it's a bit more difficult, it's not the majority. Because if it was, if really everybody hated us, we wouldn't be here. We would be locked away. Like, forget internment camps, all these things. Things would be difficult. We would not be living our life, right? But if we walk outside right now and call the Adhan, we'll pray. Nobody's going to bother us. No one's going to touch us. So, well, I remember one time... We prayed outside afterwards, like a whole group of us, we prayed outside, everyone started cheering when we finished. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so, look at the, the good, okay, there's bad, but there's still plenty of people, non-Muslim Americans, that are standing up and saying that all this Islamophobia is wrong, all this bigotry is bad. Right? People that have been imprisoned in Guantanamo, those are unjust imprisonments, and people who put them there have to be brought, you know, brought to court. Like non-Muslim Americans are fighting for these rights of ours. So we should always look for the good of the situation. Then we will be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, how are we thankful? Sometimes we'll say, you know, we'll remind somebody, you know, we should be thankful. I am thankful. But as soon as that comes, like you're you're negating that thankfulness. Right? One is to, even patience, and these, as we mentioned, patience and thanks are linked in our Iman. That one is to, if we're complaining, then we're not showing thanks. If we're complaining, we're not showing thanks. Look at the difficulty of life that Rasulullah Sassim lived. He could have complained that his mother and his father passed away in a young age. His father passed away before he was born, his mother passed away when he was like six or something. He could complain about his people throwing him out, right? He could complain about his people throwing him out. He could complain that he lost, he had, how many of us, he he buried his children, right? His children died. How many of us could stand one child passing away? He had to bury not one, not two, not three, six children he had to bury, right? Because they passed away before him. Only Fatima passed away after him. But did he ever complain? No. Instead, what did he do? his feet would swell because he would pray at night. When Aisha asked him that, Ya Rasulullah, why are, you, why are you up so late in the night praying? He said, she said, you've, you've been forgiven for everything. Any, first of all, you can't sin. Second, if you could, Allah has already forgiven you for it. He said what? Should I not be a thankful slave? That's it. Should I not be a thankful slave? He would pray out of thanks for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, giving him the different blessings that he gave him. So, the uh, the those verses that we mentioned about <coughs> Musa and his people. <coughs> Allah the mufassirin say that if we read the verses before that, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talks about you know punishment and the saving of the people of you know Banu Israel from Pharaoh and difficulties and whatnot. The mufassirin mentioned that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talks about uh, uh, praising Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, obeying Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, believing in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But the, the subtlety in these verses is that Allah Ta'ala is also telling us how can we guide people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Typically, it's in one of two ways. Typically, right? One is mentioning the punishment that awaits, and so people get scared into what's going to happen if they don't obey Allah Ta'ala. The other is to remind them of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what these verses go on to do. The reminding of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. So, you know, we might... Rasulullah prayed, he stood up praying all night, so his feet swelled. If we tried to do that, we wouldn't be able to. We might be able to, maybe for a night, maybe two nights. But if we were doing it just to say that we could do it, we'd be able to do it for a short amount of time, but not consistently every single night. And Rasulullah says, what would he do? He would stay up and he would thank Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala and he would pray for our guidance. He would pray for the guidance of his ummah. So what was the driving force behind the worship of Rasulullah? It was him being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what gave him that zeal that no matter how tired he was, he would stand up and he would pray the entire night till his feet would swell. Our feet will swell because you know we're standing in line for you know the new release of the movie or something that we went and stood in line for five hours, right? Like we'll do things like that. We should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to, to worship you in that manner, to allow our feet to swell so that, in uh, to allow our feet to swell as a result of worshiping you, as a result of worshiping you and showing thanks to you, that type of zeal is everlasting. So then, how how do we get that? We have to be thankful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, show gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, right. Rasulullah was and he he said like there were times when he would fast without breaking his fast So through the night he would fast not even breaking it Some of the sahaba tried it and Rasulullah told them not to and he took it as a challenge He said if you're doing this because I do it don't because Allah Ta'ala will He gives me sustenance that he doesn't give you because he was the messenger of Allah, right? But there were individuals his companions would also pray to this level, right? Praying till our feet swell, this is, you know, I'm not saying that we should cause difficulty on ourselves. But he didn't care, like, the, the, his goal was not to make his feet swell. He just wanted to worship Allah, right? He just wanted to thank Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. In the process, his feet swelled. So when we have a task at hand, right, you'll find this with mothers and their children especially, their, their newborns. Extreme tiredness. You don't even know how they're functioning anymore, but they're still doing whatever their child needs, because their child can't do anything on their own, right? Why? Because that zeal is there, that love is there. So the goal is not to make your feet swell. But this is something that's going to be different for everyone. Right? Our bodies will tire at different levels. right? But we should strive to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu there's a famous dua that he made what saying, Allahumma a'udhu bi ridaq min sakhatik, that, oh Allah, I seek refuge in your pleasure from your anger. Wa bi mu'afatika min uqubatik, and I seek refuge in your... Uh, forgiveness from your punishment. And I seek refuge in you from you. La thanaan alayk Anta kama ala that I could not praise you as you deserve, I can only praise you as you praise yourself. That's how he would praise Allah Ta'ala. Yeah ya Allah, I'm not I'm incapable of praising you as you deserve. So I I praise you with that praise that pleases you, with that praise that only you can praise yourself with, because only you have that capability. Only you have that capability. So thankfulness is something we should strive for, and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la will then increase us, increase us in it. Right? Similarly, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, <clears throat> when He says, that, you know, remember me and be thankful to me, do not be unthankful. After that, He goes on and says, يَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالصَّبَرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Again, he mentions shukr, and then he says, O you who believe, seek help with patience. So again, patience and shukr, patience, patience and shukr, constantly tied together. And as we mentioned that Rasulullah said that these are two, this is half of iman, iman is made up of two parts. So what is it? Iman, right? Iman is a higher level than Islam. So there's Islam, and one who follows Islam is a Muslim. And there's iman, and one who has iman is a mu'min. So we, we'll, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Ya yuhadidina amanu," or the mu'minin, right? It's almost interchangeable. Islam is more outward; iman is more inward. But what Rasulullah says that you have iman, and then it branches into two. That is patience and shukr, patience and gratitude. And this is how we can complete and perfect our iman. There's a hadith related by Juwayriya. Juwayriya radhiyallahu anha. She was one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu that she one day she said that I was, I stayed up, I, I made my fajr, and Rasulullah left for the masjid. And when he came back, he came back after the sun rose during uh, duha time, right? So like the early morning. And he sees that she's still sitting in her prayer spot. And he asks her, that, have you, have you been sitting here the whole time? She says, Yes, I've been sitting here and I've been praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the whole time, I've been remembering Allah. So Rasulullah says that I have said four words that are more hold more weight with Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala than all the praise that you have given you have tried to make of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala over these past few hours. What is it? He says Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi adada khalqihi wa nafsihi wa zinata arshihi wa So this is a praise that we should make. This is dhikr that we should make. What does it mean? Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi that uh, Glory and perfection is to Allah bihamdihi, And I begin by praising Allah How much? Adad The amount of His creation So all His creation Right? Not alive Everything that He has created Whether it's alive or passed away The souls, the bodies, the grass, the leaves, the animals, the, the trees, the, the fish Whatever The molecules, these are also creations of Allah, right? The droplets of water in the oceans I praise you to the amount of your creation. Wa And to the pleasure of yourself, wazina to the weight of your throne. To the amount of ink in the words that it takes to praise you. What a beautiful praise and dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a beautiful tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah said that we should. Uh, he, he taught this. Dhikr to his wife, anha. Also in that last hadith of Sahih Bukhari that I mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa sallam says that you know, what is it? He says that there is two words that are very light on the tongue but very weighty on the scale of deeds. And what is it? Anybody know? Subhanallah <laughs> wa hmm. bihamdihi Subhanallah <laughs> subhanallah, subhanallah. Right? That glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and praise to Him Subhan- uh, subhanAllah al azim Glory and perfection be to Him the azim So we mentioned azim was the first name we mentioned in the beginning of the class so Shukr is something that we absolutely have to strive for Now Imam al rahimullah he mentions that uh, we'll finish off here that I forgot to mention regarding azim he mentions that who is azim from the world it is those who are held in the highest status, but the highest status due to their pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he mentions foremost the, the Anbiya, right, the Prophets and Messengers, followed by the Scholars, because of the need that is there for them. And the ulama, you can't, we can't understand what type of need that we have for them. right? We don't understand what it is that they protect us from, what it is they protect the world from. Right? And then the counsel for shakur is that we have to try and we have to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the forms of being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right, so patience, as we mentioned, a person might go through a difficulty and then they say that, uh, I've, I've been patient. However, they're angry with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're saying things against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They leave making their salah. This is not patience. Patience is not simply waiting things out. Patience is to continue to wait it out, but within the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So similarly is thanks. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us something, we be thankful to Him. right? If He takes something away, we thank Him for everything else. We don't just say, oh no, I am thankful. Just saying that I'm thankful isn't being thankful. <laughs> right? We have to truly be appreciative and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then He will increase us. right? So imagine like we have... Uh, a relationship with somebody like, you know, we have our, our brother for example, right? A sibling. And we have a difficulty with that sibling, right? Some conflict. If we go to that person and we knock on their door and we say, you're the worst person in the world and I can't stand you and you've done so much to upset me and you've done so much to wrong me, is the person gonna say like, that was, you know, that's, that was really heartfelt and touching. I'm so glad you came, you know, thank you. Like, let's make up for our, what, what happened. That's not gonna happen. But if you go to the individual and you say, you know, Whatever came up between us, but you've been so good to me. There's all these other things that we can, that our relationship is based on. We give them thanks. That's what's going to mend the relationship, right? That's what's going to mend the relationship. So we have to try and... All of this that we're studying and learning and reading here, this is, we have to bring this into application of our life. It's not just simply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but... We mentioned so many times before you have hukukullah and hukukul ebad, the rights to Allah, the rights to people. And owing the fulfilling our rights and responsibilities to people is also fulfilling the rights to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? That's why uh, the hadith is mentioned regarding Shukr that La Nas, the one who has not thanked people has not thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. There's so much that can you can go on and on and on about shakur and shukr. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being a shakur as a recap was that what he gives us more than we are, then we give him. Any questions? <clears throat> Nothing? Good, great, mashallah. I don't know if it's because you guys weren't paying attention or maybe you understood everything, mashallah. <laughs> I'm sure you understood. <clears throat> Ya Allah, forgive us of our sins. Ya Allah, you have granted us so many favors, so many blessings. Ya Allah, we cannot count the favors that you give us. Ya Allah, you have spoken the truth. Ya Allah, allow us to be grateful to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow us to praise you in that way that is pleasing to you, for we cannot praise you in the way that you deserve, Ya Allah. Allow us to be grateful to you in the way that you are pleased with, Ya Allah, because we cannot be grateful to you in the way that you deserve. Ya Allah, forgive us of our major and minor sins. Guide us on the straight path and make us a guiding light for others, Ya Allah. Guide us, guide our families, guide our children, our progeny, our parents, Ya Allah. Do not let any of us go astray, Ya Allah. Let us be beacons of light and guidance for this whole Ummah, Ya Allah, for this community, for this country, for this whole world, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the Muslims, Ya Allah. Remove oppression from the lands. Ya Allah, all those that are suffering and sick around the world, remove the suffering and sickness from them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant them full cure, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good and pure needs that any of us have, that any individuals have around the world. Ya Allah, grant them their needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us thankful to you. Ya Allah, let us not engage in any actions that would displease you, Ya Allah. Let us not engage in any actions that you disapprove of, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow us to worship you in the way that you are pleased with. Ya Allah, whenever faced with a situation, allow us to take the path that is more pleasing to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, be, pl- be, be pleased with us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, be pleased with us and let us be pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, love us and let us love you. Let us love Rasulullah and let him love us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah grant us a life that is pleasing to you a death that is pleasing to you and yet raise us on Yom al-qiyamah with those that have pleased you ya Allah Ya Allah grant us a place in your perfect and supreme shade on Yom al-qiyamah Ya Allah grant us the best of this world and the best of the akhirah Ya Allah allow us to pass the sirat into jannah without any accountability ya Allah swiftly and easily grant us the highest stages of jannah without any accountability let us drink from the hands of our beloved habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hawd al which you have promised him ya Allah do not let us be turned away on that day ya Allah if we are turned away on that day where would we turn ya Allah ya Allah we would be at loss, we would be at a loss, and we would have no helper for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, help us in this world And help us in the next Allow us to love you, Ya Allah And be pleased with us Ya Allah, we ask you and beg of you For all the good that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam begged you for And we seek refuge in you from all the good that All the evil that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sought refuge in you from Allahumma innana sa'alaka min khayri maa sa'alaka minhu Muhammadun Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Wa na'udhu bika min sharri maa sta'ada minhu Muhammadun Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Wa antil musta'an wa alayka wa la hawla wa la illa billahi al-ali al azim Subhana rabbika wa az من المرسلين والحمد لله رب الله